Good morning. morning. (laughs) Happy New Year. I couldn't be here with you last week. I am so glad to be here with you today. By now, many of you have made and broken your resolutions. And some people say, yeah, I don't do that thing. I don't even do that. You know what? I I think the New Year's is a natural time of looking back, looking forward, and maybe making some decisions, making some changes. And I looked up, once again, what are the top resolutions for this year, and they're always the same. The, The top ones, number one, exercise more, eat better. Save money. Spend more time with friends and family. Spend less time on social media. Reduce stress. And the statisticians also found that 80% of resolutions will be broken by February, which means that for many of you, you only have 23 more days of kale and putting up with your family left. But if you could change something, okay, if you could change something um, beyond your diet, your social media, or, or like if you could change one thing that would have a ripple effect throughout your life, what would it be? What, what is something that even your God, who loves you, who knows you better than you know yourself, what is it, if you were to ask him, and, and he would whisper one linchpin, one cornerstone, one essential thing, that if you changed it, it would impact your entire being and entire life, what would that be? It's a good question, isn't it? The one thing that God would say, Here, here's, what I would, here's what I would say to be a revolution in your life. Well, we're going to look at this today. And to start, we're going to to look at Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16. Let's go there. He says this, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but instead like one who is wise. Make the most of your time, because these days are evil. Two points he's getting at. Be wise and make the most of your time. And he, he says to do so because the days are evil. Now, when we look at the word evil here, and you look into it, it has a few different nuances and meanings. What it can mean is this, evil as in the culture, the culture that's counter to God's ways that we're, we, we live in. It's also a world full of hardships, where we are, it means to be pressed down. Do you ever feel like life is pressing you down? Also, it means we have loss and we have pain. It's a life full of peril and annoyances. And I think we could all admit that the days that we live in have this hardship and loss and pressing down and peril and that life can, can harass us and harm us and our loved ones. And because we live in this kind of a world, because we live in this kind of a culture, Paul tells us, therefore, be wise and make the most of your time. Now, the Greek, there are two Greek words for time, two of them. The first one is chronos. It's where we get chronological. And that is our, our watches and, and our calendars and our clocks. And the other is kairos. It's not chronological time, but instead means, it, it means the right moment, the opportune moment. Kairos is that seizing of the moment, you know, carpe diem. So we have chronos counts the minutes while kairos captures the moments, the two words for time. Let's look first at the word chronos. Did you know that God doesn't exist within our chronos? Like, he is outside of time. He's not on our clocks. Second Peter 3, verses 8 says, Do not forget one thing. Dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. That's also true if you have sick children. You guys ever experienced that? Yeah. But God, he lives outside of our time. He created time. He created chronos for our benefit. 
Now, humanity has always had an interesting and developing relationship with Kronos. We have a deep relationship with Kronos. In the 14th century, the mechanical clock was invented, but it had no minute hand. Just not even a second hand, not a minute hand, which is kind of great. I like that idea. You just kind of know what hour it is, you know? It's, it's, tw- it's 12-ish, you know? It's 12-something. And then in the 1500s, the clock in Wales, England, they began chiming every quarter hour. So suddenly, everybody knew Kronos was every 15 minutes, quarter hour. In 1670, the minute hand became commonplace. So now, humanity, we're basing Kronos on minutes. And then in 1772, Benjamin Franklin was experimenting with electricity, and he needed some, a new way to, to, to measure time for his experiments more exactly. So he, desi- he devised something called the second, and he put 60 of them in a minute. He added a second hand to his clock and was able to find out how much time it took with the lightning and the, the key and the kite. So thanks to Benjamin Franklin, now we have these seconds. Fast forward today, and, and I wonder how many times a day you check in with Kronos. I mean, how many times a day are you aware of Kronos? You know, on, on the phone, it has something called uh, pickups, and your smartphone shows you how many pickups every day you have. Um, how many you do an hour. All, a pickup doesn't mean you get on your phone. It means you just look at your phone. And whenever you pick up your phone and it wakes and it shows you that lock screen, what do you see? The time. Like we have an intense, deep relationship with Kronos and, and, and time. We are locked into it. And so much so that we have Kronos management seminars and Kronos management classes and books to help us deal and handle and responsibly use our chronos. We get chronos as humans. The other Greek word is kairos, and it's a little bit more complex. You see, kairos is actually an archery term. It's knowing the exact moment, based on trajectory and force and target, the exact right moment to release the arrow. Kairos is the moment of opportunity, and if you don't capture it, you lose it. Time may be measured in Kronos, but life is marked by Kairos. Is anyone here uh, willing to admit it in, the, in this building? Anyone here newly engaged this year? Anyone? Yeah, there we go. Congratulations. How about this? Any new pregnancies we want to announce today? No? Okay, okay. See, see, here's what's fun. When you get engaged and you set the, when you set the date for your wedding, what do you do? Well, I know what Amy and I did. We had a countdown. I mean, it was a digital countdown that showed weeks, days, hours, minutes, seconds, and that, that spinning. I mean, like, I'm like, come on, when do I get to marry this girl? Oh, we had a countdown. And we were measuring the chronos. But a strange thing happens on the day of the wedding. You see, on the day of the wedding, we stop counting down with Kronos. In fact, we hire a photographer. We pay them lots of money to capture, not Kronos. We pay them to capture Kairos, those moments, those grand moments that we don't want to forget. How about, how about oh, when someone's pregnant and they're counting down? You know, I'm in the, this trimester, or this, and I have this much time, and here's my due date. You mothers are counting down to, to the baby's birth, but something magical happens in the delivery room. When they lay that baby on the mother's exhausted chest, Kronos stands still, and she soaks up the Kairos. 
You see, the challenge as we march through our lives of Kronos is to have eyes to see, to have a spirit open to hear God and capture those Kairos moments when they present themselves. In Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, let's read it once more. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but instead like one who is wise. Make the most of your time because these days are evil. The question is, when he says time here, inspired by God, what time does God want you to, to make the most of? What word would go here of these two Greek words? Is God telling you to make the most of your calendar and clocks? Is God saying, listen, I've given you only so many years and minutes and hours and seconds. Make the most of them. That's, that sounds good. Or is God telling us to make the most of our opportunities, those kairos moments? Well, interestingly enough, the word that the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to write down when he says, make the most of your time, is, is kairos. And so it would say this, be wise and make the most of your significant moments and opportunities. That's what God says, make the most of the opportunities that present themselves. Make the most of those significant moments that will show themselves in your life. You see, time is measured in chronos, but life is marked by kairos. And discerning the difference in these moments is at the heart of what it means to make the most of every opportunity. Kairos is that, that, that way of living every day as it's your last day. Kairos is that being fully in the present and aware of what's happening. And our smartphones, oh, those are like blinders oftentimes. The kairos is, is moments just pass by without notice. A wise person walks through Kronos, listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, with their eyes and heart recognizing those critical and beautiful Kairos opportunities when they present themselves to have a conversation, to give an invite, to have a moment, to capture it, to, to see those moments. And God tells us to make the most of them. Because when it comes to our time, when it comes to our Kairos, when it comes to our Kronos, we only have so much. James, the brother of Jesus in James 4.14 says this, you do not know about tomorrow. What is your life? It's, it's a mist. You see it and soon it is gone. Kronos is short, so make the most of your kairos. Amy and I have discussed this when it comes to our marriage. What we do not want is the greatest like, uh, thing about our marriage to be the number of years that we're together. You see, we understand that chronos isn't what makes a marriage fulfilling. Because you may know people who've been married for decades, and they're miserable, and they're not fulfilled. Instead, we desire our marriage to be marked by kairos moments and make the most of them together. And what that means in a marriage is, is finding those, those beautiful moments, but also those hard seasons and hard moments that only you and your spouse get to experience together. The moments that mark your life. Orchard, you only have so much chronos left. But if true life is found in the kairos, it's those sacred moments, those sacred opportunities that God's gonna present in your life for you to capture, to step into, to experience. Do you see them? Are you hearing his voice? And if you are seeing them, are you stepping in and making the most of them? <clears throat> so in, in Kronos and in, in the Kronos and the Kairos that you have left, 
This is where something called stewardship comes in. Now, stewardship means caring for something that has been entrusted to you. You're entrusted with it. You don't own it. And a healthy paradigm shift maybe for this year in 2023 would begin to realize that you are a steward of your life, not an owner. When it comes to your time, you only get so much and you don't own it. We get a limited number of moments and minutes and we don't own our time here on earth. We don't own our chronos. But we better make sure that we are capturing those moments, that we are stepping into those kairos opportunities that are entrusted to us. As well as it is to to think about stewarding your time, it really comes down to a simple principle I want to talk to you about today. What does it look like to do this? You steward your time on earth by what you say yes to and what you say no to. Our yeses and our noes. And this is a good time to talk about this because here at the beginning of a new year, <clears throat> we have, we, we've probably all made some sort of resolution or we're thinking about it, making some change or self-promise or, or self-help, something to assist us. And we want to say no to some things that we've been saying yes to. We want to say no to some things that we've been struggling with. And we often assume that boundaries and making wise choices comes down to where I place my no. And oftentimes, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, that's what we're looking at. What will I say no to for the next 30 days? (laughs) But I want to propose something. It's a simple principle. But if implemented, and if this paradigm shift is seen, it can radically change the trajectory of your life by how you steward your chronos and capture your kairos. You see, to be a good steward, to make the most of your time, Don't look for the next thing to say no to. Instead, look for the next right thing to say yes to. You see, our lives are better lived, more fulfilled when they are based on our yeses instead of our noes. If we go through life without even being conscious of what we're saying yes to, then we have all these little no resolutions that we keep making and wondering why they're not working. Because they can only stay there as long as our will will hold them because we have said yes to some things that we're unaware of. Don't go through life focused on the millions of no's that you have to live with. Instead, focus on saying yes to the right thing. Here's a good point. The easiest no comes after the right yes. I have a friend who'd been trying to get in shape for years And like many of us, we've all done this. We cycle through seasons of saying no to carbs and no to drinking calories and no to no to sweets. And 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 he, like like all so many of us, would 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 last until his will would fail. And by the end of each year, we're all about the same. He 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 promised to say no to all the bad stuff, but he had never got any traction. And it was fascinating as I watched his life in this little experiment. One year, he said yes to a 5:30 a.m. workout class. I know. I know. And uh, yeah. Now, now, he's not the workout class kind of guy. This was a big, bold, teetering yes. But he said yes. He put some accountability there. He signed up, put some money on the line, and he showed up. Now, he'd been saying no to things for decades. No, 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 no. But suddenly, he just said yes to this one thing. It was a bold decision for him. Do you know what saying yes to a 530 workout class says no to? Do you have any idea how one yes comes preloaded with hundreds of no's? 
A yes to a 5.30 a.m. workout class, he was, he was showing me, it means saying no to binging Netflix till midnight. And no to drinking at night, no to sleeping in, no to late night snacks, and no be- late night bedtimes, and uh, you know, staying out late with friends. There was physical change, there was emotional change. Yes to a 5.30 a.m. workout class was just one decision, but it came loaded with hundreds of little no's. It was one yes that was loaded with hundreds of no's, and it had hundreds of positive effects. Now, I am not proposing you sign up for a 5.30 wake-up class, because I want, I want you guys to keep coming to church, and if I know if I say that, there'll be 10 of you. Now, but for the, and then for some of you, that's great. Um, it was interesting for me to watch from the outside someone say yes to one thing, and how that made hundreds of decisions in his life. Orchard, as a church and as individuals, what I want us to do this year is to make some bold decisions. Some bold decisions in faith and life and how we follow God. But these bold decisions don't need to be no's. Instead, this year could be one that changes if instead we begin to look at what we say yes to. God is going to call you this year to make some bold decisions based on your yes. One of the secrets to a godly life, one of the secrets to to following God's path is to find the few key yeses that say a thousand little no's. And people look at God's word and they look at God's commands and they they, they say, man, this book is just a big book of no's. (laughs) It's it's just all no's. Like if I, if I start, I have one friend who goes, man, if I start going there, if I start going to church, I I just can't do all, I can't, I can't. There's, there's a lot of stuff I just, it was all about what he had to say no to. Like, I'm just, I can't come say no to all the things you say no to. Actually, uh, the most important uh, question in the Bible that Jesus would ask, he didn't say, go ye therefore and say no to all the things. He said, come follow me. And based on that one yes, it came preloaded with thousands of other decisions. In reality, saying yes to following Jesus, saying yes to God's path, carries with it, knows that we've been searching for. And as you enter 2023, as we're here, and there's a list of things that you want to do better at and a list of things you want to say no to, but I want to challenge you to, to, for one minute um, to, to begin looking at what is it God would have you say yes to this year to find those essential linchpin yeses and stand on them. And you'll find that when you're standing on the correct right and wise yes, those no's extend farther than you could ever have imagined. Say yes to God. When you do that, it, it says no to a lot of selfishness. There's a, there's a million examples. Saying yes to purity says no to a lot of instant gratification. Saying yes to biblical generosity says no to a, uh, comes preloaded with a lot of no's. In fact, Amy and I, when we say yes to giving our first fruits or tithing um, from each check, it, it comes with, it makes a lot of decisions for us. We've said yes to that way of living. When we say yes to relational integrity and loving people, it's no small thing. Like, like let's say one of your resolutions was, I'm not going to gossip. No, I'm not going to gossip. You're going you're to fight that. But instead, what if you said yes to loving people the way you want to be loved? Because that yes honors people when they're not around you. I said yes to Amy in 2010 in my heart. When I said yes to my Amy... That one yes came loaded with 3,904,727,342 no's. I counted them. 
That's how many other females there are on the planet. I don't walk around going, got to have my no ready. No, 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 no. I, I said one beautiful, captivating yes, and it decided every other decision for me in that area. The yes is more powerful than the no. But it goes further, because in my heart, in my mind, I wanted to say yes to my wife. So I said yes to my wife in my thought life. And that says no to thinking about a lot of inappropriate things about other people. I said yes to how I look, to only look at my wife in a certain way, and that says no to how I look at other people. It might seem like small things, but I want to assure you that marriages die daily based on these issues. Marriages die not because we stop saying no. Marriages die because we stopped saying yes to the right thing. On a larger scale, in 2023, the greatest yes you could give is, is living your Kairos moments for God. Saying yes to the, God's way. Yes to God's pattern of thinking and giving and loving him and loving people. Pursuing a deep and intimate relationship with him. That yes comes preloaded with a life of freedom of no's. Yes to his kingdom comes loaded with a no to building my own small kingdom. I say yes to investing myself in God's way and God's kingdom, not my own. Bottom line, say yes to things with eternal significance, things with, of God's path and God's way, the things that matter most to God, investing my life, my talents, my treasures in the yes of how God called me, designed me, and made me to live. And God's calling you to that as well. Because here's the truth. In the end, my plan, my way, my kingdom, it's going to pass with Kronos. It will be gone. So saying yes to the things, the Kairos moments, and saying yes to those things that can never fail here on earth is important. To best illustrate this, I want to use an illustration that I first saw from Francis Chan, amazing author and teacher years ago, and it has to do with this rope right here. Now, now I want you to use your imaginations with this rope, okay? Yeah, it, goes out, it goes out the door, um, but I want to let you know, this rope goes on for eternity. It doesn't stop there. I want you to imagine this rope goes on for eternity. This rope represents your existence and my existence. Um, God has said that your, your spirit, the part that is truest to you, will last beyond this world and last into eternity. Now, this, this blue part right here, this is your life, your life on earth. These are your chronos years that you get to live. Wherever you are in this, you are, you, this is your chronos. Even if you're, you get to live 100 years, we each have this section. In light of, here's what I want to say. In light of eternity, this is your life right here. This is what God's word says is true, that we have a short time here on earth to invest, to spend, to experience, but we do have an eternity that lasts forever. But here's the rub. We get so caught up in this part right here. We forget that it's only a breath. We forget it's only a moment. We forget that after this life, there is an eternity that we get to live, eternity ahead. And we forget that, that how we live this life, how we live our life has eternal implications. And so I want us to ask ourselves this morning some hard questions about this right here. Where am I investing myself? 
How am I investing myself here? Where am I investing my greatest efforts, treasures, relationships, talents? Where am I investing and how am I investing myself? Am I, am I, am I putting all my eggs, all my experience, all, everything into a life here on earth that will fade? Or am I investing in the things that last into eternity? Relationships. God put me on this earth. God put you on this earth where you are, who you are, how you are, surrounded by the people you are surrounded with so that you can be a light that illuminates Jesus so they can make a decision that will impact their eternity. But if I'm at that job and I'm so focused on that job and this stuff and these things, I lose sight that I am deployed here to tell them about there. We get so caught up in this we lose sight of what's most important in life. My relationships, this, this short little window that I have the, with the people I work with and the ones that you like and don't like, you're deployed there. That little window of time that you have with the people around you can have eternal implications. If we, keep, if we, if we understand what Kairos and Kronos say and what God's calling us to. You guys remember high school? If you're from the South, it's what came after eighth grade. You might not have experienced it. But for others of us, it's a long time ago, right? Man, you remember high school? Do you remember what was so important in high school? Do you remember what was just, do you remember, like, it was, remember high school was consuming. It was, it was so consuming emotionally and mentally and, oh my good, and if you have high schoolers or know them, you see how consuming it is. Oh, you know, they think of me this way and they're thinking of me this way and there's this popularity, there's this pecking order. I, I mean, like, high school is consuming and I'll never forget, ever forget, there came a day well, over here at Rungford High School, when I graduated and, and I moved my tassel over. And I graduated. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that none of that mattered. I just spent four years playing a game that was over and didn't matter. And, and have you ever been back to your reunion? And some people forget that popularity doesn't matter. You're like, oh, dude, because you don't even playing that anymore. Like, like it, it, it stopped. It doesn't matter but it was so consuming. There's gonna be a moment for each of us when what was so consuming, what was so important, what was so vital for all of our energy and time and resource and everything, we're gonna realize it's gone, it's over. I missed it. I was so consumed with that that I forgot the context of everything. And so when I look at my relationships, where I look where God's deployed me, am I leveraging everything he's giving me here to, to illuminate people for what's going there? Am I inviting people to church with me? I mean, even, oh, oh pastor, what if they say no? What if it's an awkward conversation? What if it's an, oh, I can't tell small, what if it's an awkward conversation In light of everything, it's a flash in the pan moment that keeps me so locked in here from stepping into Kairos moments. God has provided opportunities to step into those and invite people into something of eternal worth. I don't open up and I don't open up my mouth and speak about my faith to my friends or coworkers or invite them because it's momentarily uncomfortable. But there's a lot more at stake than uncomfortable and awkward moments. Church, I just want us to, 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 re, to rethink our life here for a second, here at the first of this year. 
to, to rethink that, that you are on the planet for a reason. You have a purpose. You have a calling. Most of you have a personality. God created you. God put you where you are. He, you are deployed because, because he wants you to invest and know that everything in this life, you can illuminate for people for eternity. And there are some of you who are in this place, maybe for the, the first year, this is, this is part of your decision, is to come back and, and check out Faith in Church. And I want to just tell you something, that God loves you, he, he, he died for you, he placed you where you are and who you are, because he wants to call you to an eternal home. But he also wants to give, listen, it's not just because he wants to give you an eternal home, he wants to give you hope, purpose, peace, and power here in this life. I'm starting to preach and got lost. There'll come a day when I graduate from this, I take no money with me. I take no accolades or awards with me, no newspaper clippings, no houses, no cars, no trips, nothing. I take nothing with me. So why am I investing everything I am? Why am I worrying about all these things, all my resources, all my energy into things I cannot keep when what I should be doing is leveraging everything I cannot keep something I can never get on my own. Leverage my everything in my life. And this is what it means. You see, love God, love people. That verse, love God, is love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Leverage and love God with your whole entire life because someday you graduate. So with your one life, how will you live it? This is why we need to maybe just stop saying no to some things. I'm not saying, don't, I'm not saying, pastor said I don't have to say no to that anymore. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what is it starting this year you need to begin saying yes to? What are the bold decisions that you need to start stepping into and stepping out and saying yes to? Because I don't want to play it safe anymore. Because my life is, there's a lot more to it. There are yeses you only get in those limited Kairos moments that change everything. Those conversations with coworkers, those, those relational moments that when God, he prompts you like, this is one of them. I, had, I have one of them just this week at a, at a coffee shop where conversation started and it was very clear, this is Kairos. And I stepped into it and had a conversation. And I don't know what happened with it, but you know what? Having eyes to see that God's gonna provide for you opportunities if you're willing to step into it. We get so busy going through our chronos, getting from A to B, we stop seeing the Kairos moments he's provided for us that can have eternal implications. Colossians 1, Paul says, he continually is praying that the Holy Spirit would grant the church knowledge and wisdom so you can live a life worthy of God and please God. That's been my prayer for you, that God today would give you wisdom and knowledge so you can live a life worthy of him and please him. The Holy Spirit, that he would guide you today. And this is what we're gonna do at the end. We're gonna ask God, what are the yeses? Because we only have one life. We only have so much chronos left. But there are kairos moments, and this might be one of them for you where God's saying, this is one of those moments I want you to seize and step into because I'm going to ask you a big yes. I'm going to ask you a big question that you can bring your yes to. We were put on this planet, birthed where you were, who you were, how you are, what this life, your gifts, 
not so you can just build your small kingdom and then pass. But so that you can see that your life is a gift. God has given you a, a gift of life and therefore you can give it right back to him. Stepping out in faith and saying, my life is yours. And for many of you, that might be the first big yes that you give God. That you have not yet followed God and Jesus into the yes of salvation. And that's the starting point is to say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. And here's the promise of Jesus. He, he forgives all of your past. He gives you peace and power in the present. And he gives you hope for the future, but not just the eternal future, although that's good. He gives you hope for fu the, like the future like tomorrow, that you don't have to be the same as you were today. That those things that you're struggling with and the hopes that you have almost, that you, you want to happen this year and the vices you're fighting, that he can give you hope in places you haven't had hope in a long time. So maybe your first big yes is to say, Jesus, I want, I want salvation in you. And if that's you today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray a prayer and I want you to pray it with me. It's just an affirmation that, that Jesus, I need you. And so let's, let's just bow our heads and you guys would pray with me. This is the biggest yes we make here on earth. Say, Jesus, I know you died. I give you my heart. Take my sin, give me hope and take a deep breath. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I know you died and rose again. In Jesus' name, amen. I only have one life. I've been given one life to live and to love generously. And so the question is this morning, what do you need to say yes to this year? If it's a year of bold decisions, perhaps you made your first big yes when you said, I, I, ch I chose Jesus in salvation. If that's you, I wanna know, I wanna hear it could be saying yes to, to pursuing a relationship with people. Community in the in, in church and, and getting involved, it could be, what are the healthy, good yeses to jump into? Ephesians 4.1 says this, and with this, live a life worthy of your calling. Live a life worthy of your calling because you have been called by God. What beautiful, powerful, captivating yes you need to step into for 2023 that will have ripple effects throughout your life because God, here's the fact, God has called you. He's called you. No sin disqualifies you. Nothing. He's calling you. So, that's what I want you to, to ask God as we go into communion and throughout the week. God, what What's the right yes for my life? What would you have me say yes to? Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much that, that you did send your son Jesus so that we have hope in this life. God, I pray for all the chronos that we have left in this room. Lord, I pray that you would give us peace in it, power in it, hope in it. But Father, I pray you give us wisdom and boldness to see that you're providing opportunities, kairos for us, when we leave this place to step into and that we would be that orchard church who is bold enough to say yes to the things of God. So Father, right now in this time, I pray you would speak to us clearly, each of us individually, and show us what it is and where it is you want us to say yes this year. Amen.